0: Hey guys it's Brian from the High Spot Podcast Thank you so much for following us on Twitter At High Spot Podcast Jeff and I couldn't be more grateful And we were so excited this past weekend Enjoying Wrestlemania We could have asked for anything more The outcomes were surprising Uh, Didn't really expect too much But that's kind of what I said last year as well And the WWE still finds ways of surprising us. But what was more surprising is that, you know, prior to that week, Jeff and I were able to meet some great individuals for some interviews and sit down with them, uh, and them being so gracious with their time to sit down with us. And a gentleman by the name of Rob Schamberger, and you follow him on Twitter, at Rob Schamberger, who does incredible artwork. And I'm not going to give it all away. You'll listen to it during the interview. But great story about how, you know, things not going the way you want it to go and basically making up... An opportunity for yourself, which is what we all aspire to be. Sometimes, especially Jeff and I, when we're doing this podcast for you guys, and it was just great sitting down with him, talking to him. Uh, you know, he's working on a big project that will eventually be shown, and he was kind enough to share his time while he was doing it, taking a little break from uh, from painting and talk about WrestleMania weekend and how he ended up kind of correlating his work and his artistry with the WWE and he sat down and spoke to us for a few minutes and we uh, really appreciate it and so you'll be listening right now to the interview with Rob Schamberger who we had got a chance to meet at WWE Access uh, by the Superstore and he was doing murals and and painting and it was just really inspiring and he's just a great guy and uh, such an easy conversation to have with him Jeff and I did I hope you guys enjoy the interview we'll talk to you later Uh, Rob thank you so much for being on the high spot we're really honored to have you on and at the same time how are you today
1: Oh, doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me on the show.
2: Now, Rob, uh, checking out your artwork, uh, I really you know, took notice of how detailed it is. Like, at what age did you realize that, you know, hey, this is something that I really like to do? Like, what like, what inspired you? And at what age did you want to take this up and thinking, hey, I can make a profession out of this?
1: Uh, I was seven or eight years old. Uh, got my first comic book, uh, spent the whole weekend redrawing it and just knew, like, this is what I want to do. Uh, it was, uh, the incredible Hulk. It was back when he was gray and, and he was fighting the absorbing man on Hoover dam. Uh, <laughs> I loved it and nice. and uh, it just hit me right then. Like, this is what I want to do.
0: Now, were you into that to the, in terms of when you studied to become an artist, was that something you want to dive into me immediately, immediately saying, Hey, I want to work for Marvel or, or DC comics.
1: Yeah. I was wanting to be a comic book artist. Uh, mostly, you know, like, uh, owning my own thing. Although (laughs) if, if Marvel or DC had had me, I I definitely would have entertained working for him. But, um, yeah, yeah. Being a comic book artist was where I was wanting to start out.
2: What, uh, being into comics, I know that, uh, Brian here, my partner is uh, very much into the comics. Uh, which, which ones for you stood out? Which ones did you, uh, did you enjoy, uh, reading?
1: Oh, and I, I'm still a voracious reader. Uh, anything where I can tell that there was, well, initially it was, it was the X-Men, uh, you know, like with pretty much any, uh, pre pubescent boy, that's what, uh, uh, drug me in. But, uh, from there, I, I started really following certain creators. Uh, initially it was, you know, the flashier guys that started image. So, you know, like Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, those guys, uh, later on, uh, gravitated more towards the artist, artist type guys. Uh, so, you know, like Bernie Wrightson, Frank Frazetta, Mike Mignola, uh, Tony Harris, uh, Bill Sienkiewicz. I can, I can go for a while. Uh, but, uh, anyone where I could tell where, you know, like they were really like pushing it further than, you know, just, uh, earning a paycheck.
0: I mean, with that being said, I mean, I I love comic books. I remember when I first walked into and how archaic is at a bookstore. Now I guess it's like Barnes and Nobles or you check it on the Internet. Uh, I would look at, you know, the comics waiting for my parents to come pick me and my brother up. And uh, what ended up happening is I would just, you know, look at Spider-Man, look at Superman, Batman. And I remember very distinctly at that time, uh, not trying to date myself, but the images were so captivating to me. They actually paid more attention to the artwork than I ever did necessarily the the storyline or what the dialogue was saying. Was that something that you fell into as well? That You just saw the the artistry of how the pictures actually spoke more words than the actual dialogue that was written for it?
1: I, I always liked the way that they mixed together um you know sequential art in itself is conveying an idea through a sequence of images uh, but I think that there's really fascinating things that can be done with the text added in uh, so again like in the the mid 80s when I started reading with with X-Men comics, you know, Chris Claremont had a very distinct voice. And and then later on, when I got a little older, uh, the way that Frank Miller would mix the narrative with his images. And and of course, uh, you know, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons on Watchmen. uh, I I love all of it, (laughs) all of it.
2: So you're an X-Men guy, as you said before, Uh, like With the remakes now of the movies, obviously, are you a fan when it translates from the comics to the movies? Do you critique it a lot because it depends on if it goes exactly to the script as the comics or do you, I guess, appreciate that the movies take their own uh, leeway in how they want to present the film? And to you, which is your favorite X-Men character?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, they're definitely separate things. Um, You know, uh, I'm more a fan of, what it takes to make a comic book than specific characters or anything. So like a lot of these, uh, superhero movies and and adaptations of, you know, different source materials that I like, I, I always try to judge the film as a separate thing. So like if it's a good movie, then then I like it. Right. And if it's a bad movie, then it's bad. But I don't really judge it against the source material, except for Man of Steel, which utterly got Superman wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't hold oh, back.
2: We, we could spend a whole show just analyzing the, the, uh, the wrongs of Man of Steel.
1: <laughs> um, but but otherwise, you know, like, say the second X-Men movie, fantastic or X-Men First Class was you know, just utterly enjoyable uh x-men 3 pretty terrible
0: uh yeah. <laughs> we're all I, greens like on that one with, yeah. with
1: budget uh <laughs> um as far as favorite character um i don't know i guess that changes with whenever i'm reading it at that at that certain point uh either kitty pride or magneto okay, are nice. both very uh compelling characters to me
2: so we get into characters and, you know, uh, the WWE has a bunch of characters. And when did you, like, how did it start your relationship with the WWE? How did it, did you just, um, you know, tweet your pictures? How did word get out to the WWE that, hey, you know what, you are very talented at what you, what you do with your, with your paintings?
1: <laughs> it's a very long answer to that. Uh, I you know, was chasing being a comic book artist for a long time. And about six years ago, it dawned on me that I was always going to have to have a day job. You know, like at best, comic books were just going to be a secondary source of income. Uh, And and so like I would never be able to fully focus, you know, all day long and really truly improve my craft.
2: You had to pay the bills, right?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, at the time, you know, I had a live-in girlfriend who's now my wife. You know, we were on the path towards marriage. And and I, I just, you know, started having grown-up thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, 30 years old and having that third-life crisis. But, yeah, we all uh,
0: got to grow up one day, right?
1: Uh, well, at least in age. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, was doing – a lot of paintings on the side, just different ways to experiment with my style to grow. And so I had these all over the apartment and my, uh, then girlfriend, now wife was always on me. Like you should do a gallery show with this stuff. And and I'm like, Oh no, no. The comic books are what's important. You know, no one wants to pay attention to what I'm doing with, with these paintings. But eventually I, I discovered that it was worth worthwhile listening to her. And I,
0: Uh, that's lesson number one always listen to the wife right they always know
1: they're always right exactly
0: or they always think they're right you got to tell them at least they're right once in a while
1: well it's more that i'm wrong more often (laughs) Uh, but i you know did a gallery show and it did really well uh you know i had a lot of attention to it sold some paintings which is just highly unusual in itself for a gallery show and it got to the point where that was doing better than my comic book work, but again, it wasn't anything where I, I could quit my day job.
2: Now, these paintings, though, they weren't WWE paintings, right? They were just other other things, like
1: various things okay. like uh, pinups and jazz, and you know, different okay. interests. And but but with that, I was always competing with every other artist that was already established with that subject matter. Uh, So, you know, it would take a long time to really build things up if it would even ever happen. Uh, But I was really finding painting to be creatively fulfilling. So I was wanting to continue with that. And then it hit me like as a wrestling fan, no one was doing artwork based on wrestling. uh, As far as fine art was concerned, you know, things that would go into a gallery. And, And I started thinking, well... I want this, you know. I'm sure there's got to be other people out there that would too, and it's just a market that just isn't being uh, served. And so I, I put an idea together that, uh, and this was about five years ago, put an idea together that I would paint every world champion from all the major American pr- promotions. So that's about 250 portraits when it's all wow. said and done. And I did a Kickstarter with that. And that was when Kickstarter first started being a thing and raised $20,000 in a month for it. Uh, It's still one of the most successful fine art Kickstarters ever done. Uh, And and that showed me like, oh, yeah, there's definitely a market for this. Like I was finally able to leave the day job and and to get a studio and, and just focus all the time on my artwork. And so I was you know, getting it out there online, getting a lot of, you know, great people that were sharing the work as well. And I was out on the road quite a bit, you know, because the most important thing is to get people to see the art in person. As much as I show it online, you're just viewing it on your phone or whatever. And, and there's nothing that compares to seeing it in person.
2: And how do you do you like, do you like pay for a place to uh, exhibit your art? Like uh, down the road, do you make a deal with an exhibit or like, how does that, how do you, how do you do that?
1: It varies. Uh, you know, There were galleries that welcomed me to show the work uh, as well as different types of events. And most notably was the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Museum in Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, at, they were having their induction ceremonies and invited me to exhibit my work there as part of that. And through there, I met Jim Ross and stayed in touch with him. Uh, and, and so about three years ago, uh Smackdown was coming through Kansas City, where I live. And I thought, well, this would be a great way to raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And I set up a gallery show you know, fo- you know, showing my work with all the proceeds going to Make-A-Wish. And I reached out to Jim just to see if he could pass my information along to the company to see if they could help me promote the show. That's all I was looking for. And he did, and they did, like Triple H tweeted out about it. It was a really good, big success. I was was able to fully fund a kid's wish, which was tremendous. Uh, But unbeknownst to me, Jim went the extra distance and called a bunch of executives in the company and said, you need to work, work with this guy. And so a few weeks later, the head of consumer goods with WWE reached out to me and and you know pitched to all the ways that they would like to work with me and and it's just been going since then
0: wow that that's amazing rob you know just listening to that story makes you, you makes everyone think you know you have to start somewhere and you have to begin and you have to hustle and you have to make yourself known out there because if not nobody else is going to recognize you. no one's going to knock on your door and be like hey rob you know i want to see your artwork you know behind okay. the couch and stuff like that right
1: yeah. you have to make your own opportunities
0: Exactly. And, and with that opportunity, it was just what only last year that during WrestleMania access, which we are in WrestleMania season now, they used the banner of your artwork and basically set, you know, all your paintings and all your, you know, your drawings and concepts out there. I mean, what kind of feeling was that? What kind of reception? First of all, what kind of reception did you get from that from people who <laughs> knew you? And secondly, what kind of feeling was it for you that, hey, I'm growing up a wrestling fan and now I get to draw art and they're actually selling this at WrestleMania access?
1: Yeah, I actually debuted at WrestleMania 30, uh, Access, there in New Orleans. So I'm one of those few people that have debuted at WrestleMania. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, me and Fandango, I think. Uh. (laughs) Uh, You're
2: a lot better success than Fandango right now, man. You both started out, but you're the one that came out on top, I think, in that one. I'll take take Rob's career over uh, where Fandango is right now. Yes
1: i i'm currently the one with my hand raised there you go uh, yeah. but uh that was amazing uh you know being at wrestlemania and such a big one as, as 30 was uh was just tremendous and and the company was awesome working with me getting things set up and and i was painting live there doing a a huge mural it was like seven foot by five foot celebrating 30 years of wrestlemania all these big moments and and performers uh you know from moments in in wrestlemania it was really exciting we had a lot of paintings exhibited there and also part of that uh independently of wwe the ultimate warrior had reached out to me to have me be the one painting his coats uh now that he was back with the company and so that jacket that he wore in what ended up being his final appearance on Raw, uh, I hand painted that. Like like when he's holding the microphone on his sleeve, and, and
2: he and he does that speech, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I've I how, did, how did with him quite how did how, he was how, he was great to work with?
2: How did that feel? Uh, must have been bittersweet you know with how everything turned out uh what was your feelings when you heard the news the day after uh, of his passing
1: Ah, uh, it was the highest of high to the lowest of low um because you know we we had a lot of plans together and then i'm coming off of just this awesome experience i actually got to watch wrestlemania from his private box wow um and and you know there there were actually two jackets that i painted the Originally, when he came out for WrestleMania, the plan was for him to have the jacket on, and then they decided, well, it wouldn't be appropriate because no one else would be, you know, wearing their gimmick, So everyone's going to be in their in their, you know, tuxes and, and evening dresses. Uh, so so like, okay, that that seems appropriate. Um, and then at first, when he walked out on Raw, and I wasn't even there for that. We were driving back home, uh, and and uh, same with
0: Jeff and I. We were actually flying, taking the red out back. Uh, yeah. leaving mania and going back to Jersey for us. And yeah, we saw him with the jacket. Yeah. So we, we didn't get a chance to go to the event as well.
1: Yeah. My, my phone started blowing up, you know, cause at first he was walking out and, you know, my, my friends in the company, they didn't even know what the plan was. Uh, They're, they're like, Oh, sorry, man. He's not wearing the jacket. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, didn't work out. Things happen. And, and then all of a sudden just everything blows up on me. Right. Like, He's wearing it. He put it on. They snuck it under the ring, and and uh, uh, you know my my wife was driving, and I was was passenger because <laughs> I knew it was coming up, and I wanted to be able to, you know, talk to people about it. And and she just starts crying while she's driving, just because all the emotions we'd been through. And then when we finally got home at like one in the morning, uh, she you know she and I sat down and watched it, and it was. It, it was powerful, you know, seeing that, like, all the work that I had put in, and here it finally is on TV. And then the next night, we're finally sitting down to watch all of Raw. You know, like, the night before, we had just fast-forwarded to that moment. Uh, so the next night, we're finally sitting down to watch it, and the next segment coming up was going to be him in the ring, and and uh, people that I'm friends with in the company started texting me, you know, just saying, Warrior died and And oh, I just man. like freeze, holding it in my hand like i I didn't know how to react, and my wife could tell something was wrong and and I just I couldn't verbalize it you know to to make it real and and I show her, and we just you know turn off the t v and we just sat there in silence for no exaggeration an hour and and then you know just just went to bed <laughs>
2: just
0: life is. It, you know, you,
2: it takes yeah.
1: it takes funny turns, like Rob said.
0: You get amazing highs from what had happened to to extreme lows, but um, but still uh, such a memorable moment in in WWE history or sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. To see that, uh, how long did it take to make those jackets? You said you made two. How long did it take to make the one that the Warrior wore?
1: Well, in in typical wrestling fashion, last
0: minute stuff. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <Wow. laughs> I I was working until about two in the morning before we drove down to New Orleans uh, at like eight the next morning. So <laughs> wow, so
2: you're on no sleep. You're like oh, here. You're wiping your eyes. Like here's yeah. the here's the jacket.
1: Yeah, and then we had to drive thirteen hours down there. Um, oh. But that's that's the life I chose. Yeah. Uh, but Make, you know bringing the whole thing full circle uh, last year at WrestleMania, uh, beforehand they announced the Warrior Award and, and that it was going to be Connor the crusher uh, Mahalik, getting mm-hmm. the, the inaugural award. and I had become friend, friendly with with the family, and so I reached out to uh, one of my contacts with the company and said, "Hey, how about I do a painting of Connor and Warrior together?" And we surprised the family with it at Hall of Fame. Wow. And, and they're like, oh, that would be fantastic. We would love to do that. Uh, so they, they snuck me in backstage. And after Steve Mahalik, Connor's father, gave that amazing speech, uh, I was hiding behind a curtain. And, and they bring him in the back to do you know like a little uh, post-speech interview. And I come out and, and give him and Jackson the painting. And and he hits me with a couple things that, that'll just stick with me the rest of my life and reinforce why I do all this, is that first he was able to look at his son Connor in those moments without seeing how sick his son was. He, he was able to instead see how happy and amazing an experienced this was. And then coupled with that was that now there's something that Jackson could always have to remember his brother.
2: We'll always we see that painting. Yeah. And uh, you know, what would prove to us is, you know, we have struggles in life, but Connor really, really showed the the heart of a warrior, uh, with what he dealt uh with. And uh wow Rob, that that's just, you know, just amazing uh that you've done all that stuff and you know it's great to hear it's it's amazing
0: well rob something i want to touch on when you were just talking about that that painting you made which was a surprise to the family um I, I i don't know i wouldn't say i know a lot of artists but i do know people that do paint and and they say they find it very therapeutic but also they always they always tend to tell me too it's also emotionally sometimes exhausting for them because they put so much of themselves into whatever it is they're they're drawing and painting uh, do you find that same similar type of situation? I mean, granted, when you were painting Warrior and Connor together, that you you want to you want to do justice not only by your standards but to the families as well. Uh, do you find that same thing too, where you you just you know it's therapeutic, but also at the same time, uh, you you're emotionally kind of drained in there. Not no pun intended. For the fact you had no sleep making the jacket, but uh, do you fall? Do you fall the same types of sentiments too?
1: Yeah, it's it's meditative in that hours will disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I started working today at around ten a.m. Uh, and like on a painting that I'm doing that I can't talk about. Okay. Uh, but I, I oh, uh, darn it, I thought we we're gonna
0: get breaking yeah, news here. <laughs>
1: scoop. Uh, w- when it comes out, you'll say, "Oh my gosh." I was talking to him while he was working on this. It's that big and important of a painting, uh, nice. but
0: oh, nice, man. Uh, we feel honored. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, it, it's you know, in, in that sense, it's therapeutic, you know, because mm-hmm. time will just disappear. Like I started at ten, and then I I uh, got the call from you guys, right? Like it was like bam, bam to that. Um, but the thing that like I would. I would go home and just be utterly wore out, and I didn't understand why. And then I read an accounting of a long-distance bomber pilot in World War II saying that even though he was just sitting for several hours when he would get back to base after a mission, uh, he would be utterly drained. And they found that what it is is that you're you're in this utter concentration uh, nonstop. And that that actually is physically uh, uh, demanding. You know, like I'll actually start sweating sometimes, and, and I'm like, like how how out of shape and lazy am <laughs> I?
2: the got calories, to
1: sweating, <laughs> to be but but it's that amount of focus uh, for that period of time. It, it can be very taxing.
2: Wow. I mean, we're talking to Rob Shamberger, Follow him on Twitter at Rob Schamburger again the very talented rob schamberger and what amazing stories uh he's sharing with us uh today on the high spot podcast uh you know i followed your youtube channel and it goes into de- detail how you do for example uh, i think one of your latest er, latest ones was page and yeah. uh used watercolors uh kevin Owens, to me uh was is is one of my favorites um like something like that, how long does that usually take for you to do something like that? And and when you see, like, do you give these out to the superstars or do when they take a look at it, what's their first reaction?
1: Uh, well, uh, it varies from piece to piece on how long it takes. Uh, like the one that I started at WrestleMania 30, the the big one with, with all the different uh, personas in it, that took a month. Uh, the the one with Paige took about an hour. Uh, it, it really varies from piece to piece, you know, both in the complexity, the size, and the medium. Um, as far as when I'm done, sometimes the the superstars will buy them from me. Um, like Paige has a couple pieces of mine hanging up in her home, uh, and and actually Kevin Owens has several too. Even though last year, he even though he tore
2: it up right in front of. You. <laughs>
1: Son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, it's how long hey. did that one take?
2: It's Owens being well, Owens.
1: Yeah, that that was an original painting too. Uh, you know, people ask me like, "Oh, was this you know some kind of prop?" No, that was that oh, was a real crap. painting
2: because they really uh, want to see the emotion on your face. and You're like,
1: "Damn, my. yeah,", yeah. <laughs> and it was
0: true emotion. You could tell that,
1: that was a rough day at the office, but <laughs> I think the company felt a little bad about that, and and the next night is when they had me on Raw, uh, so. You know, getting uh, four million people to see what I'm doing definitely made it <laughs> made up the for, it. Will make for it.
2: The uh, publicity made for it, make up for it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, I I don't give them to them. Well, on occasion, I have. You know, if it's if it's a certain thing like uh, Gold Dust, Dustin reached out to me shortly after Dusty died and and asked me to. To do a painting of the three of them, like, when they were had, had their fists together, like the shield.
2: Oh, nice, nice.
1: Um, and, and he's got that hanging up over his mantle now. Like, I wasn't going to charge him for that. Right, like I, oh, yeah. I, I'd, be a, I'd be a jerk if I did that.
2: Um, I saw one with you and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, to you being a wrestling fan, when you presented one, which was the most? When you were most? When you the wrestling
0: fan came out of you? When you turned it, fanboy? Basically. Exactly. When were you like? Going if, that's to ever, shorts, if, you know? if that's ever happened to you, I don't know.
1: Well, it's less and less now. You know, just because I'm, I know them all personally. You yeah. know, we're all together all the time. Uh. The Stone Cold one was really cool. Uh that, that one was actually uh we auctioned off uh for Connors Cure and I, I think we raised around forty five hundred dollars for the charity with that. Uh but uh that was on my wife's birthday. Uh and, and she went back there with me to to meet with Steve and, and got got a personal happy birthday for her uh from him and, and I gave him some beer. Uh so <laughs> wow. How lucky is <laughs> she that,
0: <laughs> those are brownie points, buddy. Those are yeah. brownie points.
1: Everyone warned me, though. Like, if he goes to clink a beer, you're about to get kicked in the gut and get a stunner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> or, or you're going to get that splashback effect because he just, he just slams those cans together, man. It's not a nice little <laughs> ding, here you go, toast. You know, it's uh, it's full force, basically, with Stone Cold.
1: The WWE staffer that was taking me back to meet him, it was right before a uh, Q&A panel that he was doing with Jerry Lawler hosting and so we're standing outside of his green room uh, before we go in cause, just because we heard him talking. And then I realized it was him and Jerry, and they were talking about old Memphis wrestling. And the staffer was like, okay, we can go in. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to hear this story first. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: And now, now, Jerry Lawler is a good drawer too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and a good dude.
2: Yeah, and uh, so that that would be good if you guys
0: did a, uh, like a uh, draw for something like that, maybe – my money's on Rob. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at his website. I've looked at it on, on uh, com. Also, I've seen a lot of stuff he's, uh, that's being sold on uh, com. How did that come about where, uh, I mean, we know that's been going on for a while, but how did it come about where the W said, hey, listen, we'd like to take some of your work and, you know, put on some T-shirts and obviously have some painting in it out there and, uh, you know, give you, I guess, uh, some proceeds. I don't know about that, but uh, how did that come about working with the W shop?
1: Yeah, uh, that – that's the department that I work with the most. Uh, uh, and, you know, it, it was just a process of finding out the right timing, the right uh, wrestlers, the right you know, painting to, to put out. Uh, so we first started with posters. Then we started doing some prints. And, and now we have the t-shirts. And yeah, yeah, I get a percentage on everything. I actually own all of my work. I'm not nice. an employee of the company. They, you know, we just work together. Uh, so I get a percentage on everything. You can't
0: afford him anyway, Jeff.
2: Mm-hmm. Plus, it makes sense. So <laughs> that would obviously be the next logical step. You know, you'd do the artwork. The proceeds would be, you know, would be the next step. Would be logically to have your own, uh, you know, products on the website, uh, www.shot.com. And I tell you what, dude, uh, I'm a big fan because I ordered the Finn Balor shirt
0: that you did. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so uh, that's that's in the mail. <laughs> so it uh, should, should be arriving soon. <laughs> I was checking his website, not on WShop, Shop, but the one with Finn Balor. Not the shirt, but I saw the one with the, as a portrait of him. He wasn't wearing the uh, the Warrior paint, but basically it was him with the Warrior paint. It kind of looked similar, like the Carnage. Like it was, it was like Cenya yeah, wow. Ray yeah. put on him. I'm definitely getting that one myself. <laughs> No, but you, no, you
2: really have two people that here admire your work. And, you know, again, I saw your uh, YouTube channel and I was like, you know, I'd really like to get them on. Just because, you know what, it was going to be, it's WrestleMania, you know, we're we're heading to WrestleMania. But I think what the most important thing here is, and the message that, you know, you send out to people is, hey, you know what, if I want to achieve something, I really need to go out there and get it. You know, there's times where we're buying myself, find ourselves down, you know, we're starting up, you know, the podcast here and we're trying to find a niche and find a way because, you know, everyone does a wrestling podcast, you know, that's the thing to do now. So we're trying to find our niche and and your story here about, you know, going out and getting it because no one's coming to you. I think, you know, has not only, you know, been a great guest spot, but you really, you know, uh, motivated us as well.
1: Oh, awesome. That's that's an honor. Thank you. Yeah. it, it I was always a go-getter, I think, from that background in comic books, where you're not just writing and drawing what you're doing, but you're having to deal with with uh, the printers or the publishers and and uh, uh, getting things distributed, you know, just, just uh, marketing, all of it, I had to learn. So then when I took all those skills to what I do now, it, it worked really well, and yeah, like, uh, when I started working with WWE at first, I was like, "Oh, you know, they're gonna uh, strap the rocket on me, and and it's gonna happen." Now, like, you know, they're just gonna do everything for me, and and then I realized, no, they just give me the opportunity, uh, and everything from there I have to do myself.
0: Couldn't agree uh, with them. could not agree with you more on that one, because <laughs> honestly, like I said, it's you said, uh, like Jeff said, you're not going nobody's gonna knock on the door for you. Uh, opportunities will present themselves, but you either have to make those opportunities and take advantage of them. And and Jeff and I are definitely taking advantage of that. And also, very appreciative of you coming on and taking time out of, well, maybe you need a break because working on that portrait we were working on, <laughs> you know, maybe it gave you a little break and time to kind of wind down a little bit. And hey, you made your debut at WrestleMania, right? It's only appropriate for you to make your debut on the High Spot podcast during WrestleMania season, am I right? Hey, it fits. It fits, right? It makes sense, <laughs> you know? Why not? But speaking of WrestleMania, I mean, will you be will you be going to Dallas, Texas, uh, to uh, you know Jerry's World AT and T Stadium to to watch?
1: Yeah, gonna watch. Uh, actually, driving down next Wednesday, and going to uh, be set up at Access again. So Thursday through Sunday, I'll be there, keeping the same hours as the Superstore. So long hours. Uh, going to be painting live. Uh, doing a piece of the, the championship main event, so Triple H versus Roman Reigns. Uh, I have that penciled out already. It's, it's going to be something pretty cool uh, that, that people may not be expecting from me. And we're also going to have 50 original paintings that are available. Uh, they're all matted and framed, and the superstars and divas have all signed the mats as well. So they're you know really cool, one-of-a-kind items. And then also we're going to have 24 different prints available there too.
0: Wow. I can't wait. Jeff and I are going to be down there anyway. You know, we're going to have to get a bigger suitcase, Jeff. I have no <laughs> I
1: have no idea how I'm taking all
0: this stuff with us. We have like, we have complimentary chairs that I'm like, how the heck are we taking this on the airplane? Now I got to worry about painting. Now I got to worry about like a, you know, a gigantic canvas portrait that I'm probably going to look at and be like, hey, Rob, hey, Rob, it's me, Brian from the High Spot. How much is this one? <laughs> 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 Guys, for you.
2: Whatever it is, add 10% to it. Like, oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, Rob, listen, man. Uh, WrestleMania, of course, uh, you know, the card. Any match in particular you're looking forward to? And don't give, uh, me, the, don't give me the politician, well, they are all look good. You know what <laughs> I mean? All, Remember, you're know. not
0: going to play of the WWE, so you can't. Have
2: Everybody here is going to bust their butt and give the, put their heart out there. And no, no, I, I want you to tell me, you're a wrestling fan, first and foremost. Which match are you looking forward to?
1: Well, it does become different when you know everyone personally. Uh, it definitely changes my perception of things. Uh, but with that, there's... It's hard to separate yourself I,
0: from it, I understand. But sometimes if, if you really look at it, the pure fan standpoint in it, although you might not be less necessarily in agreement with everything that's going on in terms of storyline like Jeff and I always argue about, um, yeah, there's got to be something that sticks in your mind like, man, I can't wait to see this one. It's going to be awesome.
1: The triple threat match for the Divas title uh, has me very excited. Uh, I think anything has, with Sasha
2: Banks has us very excited. Well, has Jeff
1: very excited, Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, and and you know these are three women that have gotten to this point through sheer hard work and making the most of their minutes on TV, and and to the point that this is arguably the biggest uh, women's match in WrestleMania history. Uh, I think I think we have the potential for something really special there. And, and with their history of how they work together that you can see, you know, in NXT, I, it, it could end up being a, the match that steals the night as well.
0: Jeff, I think Rob has just hinted his next portrait. Of these three Ooh. powerful women. What a great image would that be. Or the four horse women from the NXT Takeover in Brooklyn. That was I mean, I would joke with Jeff like that's a call one he moment. did with Sasha
2: Banks and uh Billy, uh that you did for uh, Takeover, yeah. which yeah. is really good. Uh that'd be a pretty good one. Hey, listen, hey, if I'm giving you ideas here, you know <laughs> he's like, Ooh. I was like, I didn't think of that one. And I was like <laughs> Maybe, Me? we don't know. And he's like, guys, I gotta go. Um <laughs> well, speaking of having to go, Rob, listen, man, we r- really appreciate the time. Appreciate the time you've given us. Uh, We're heading down to Mania 2 uh, as fans. And, again, uh, listen, uh, we might just say what's up, maybe take a picture. And, listen, when we take a picture and you put your arm around me, uh, just make sure you wipe your hands or the paint first before. I don't want to get no, anything on my... No, come on. You got to take something with oh, you. Oh, maybe I get like a fingerprint of Rob and maybe, you know... There oh. you go.
1: Okay. Uh, or, you know, get a smear of paint on you and then you can <laughs> say you. you now have a Rob oh, original. Uh, original. There you, you go. Original.
0: <laughs> Rob original. Like Picasso right there.
1: There you, there you shirt, go. Right? That'd yeah. be a big thing, right?
2: Yeah, just don't smear the middle finger on me because then <laughs> everyone will think...
1: portrait.
2: <laughs> yeah, but no, definitely we'll, we'll head down there and uh, we'll definitely, if you don't mind, we'll say, you know, what's up? And uh, you know, personally meet you.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: That's Rob Shamberger. Yeah. Thank okay. you so much if, for coming on. Oh, yeah, oh.
1: Finn Balor shirt comes in in time, and and this is for anyone coming by. If you're wearing one of my shirts from WWE Shop, I'm gonna have these Ultimate Warrior prints there, where I purposefully didn't color in his face paint. And you tell me what your two favorite colors are, and I'll uh, uh, hand embellish the print just for you.
0: Oh, wow, that's amazing. Hey, awesome. Yeah. I'm getting my Finn Balor stuff right now. I'm waiting (laughs) for it to come in. I can't wait to see that one. Rob, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Like you said, we know your time is very precious uh, of of all the work you do, too, and we can't wait to see down WrestleMania, and hopefully uh, in the near future do this again.
1: Oh, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on.
0: All right, thanks a lot, Rob. And that was Rob Schamberger. You can catch him on Twitter, at Rob Schamberger. Uh, Just a great interview with him and listening to his story uh, got me and Jeff inspired and and wanted to do more with this podcast, which we will... uh not most likely but definitely will do in the near future so we thank you for listening to the interview you will be listening to the High Spot Podcast again on Twitter at High Spa Podcast with new updates on guests and new things Jeff and I are venturing towards to bring more of uh, what we like to do to you guys out there not only on SoundCloud but on iTunes YouTube website coming up so all that looking forward to in the near future. WrestleMania weekend came and went, but at the same time, we started off with a bang. And like to thank Rob Schamberger for coming on. So you guys have been listening to the High Spot Podcast. For my tag team partner, Jeff Martin, I'm Brian Berger. We will see you guys on the other side.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?